Hello, this is Daniel Orton, pastor of Harvest House United Pentecostal Church in Marion, Kentucky. It is our desire to see hurting hearts and minds healed as they are born again into the kingdom of God. It is my desire that this podcast will be a blessing to you and help bring you closer to Jesus. It is good to be in the house of the Lord today. God is still good. God is eternally on the throne. There is no change, no difference. He is the same yesterday as he was today and as he will be tomorrow. He is always the same. There are patterns established all throughout the Bible that still remain true from beginning to the end. In each and every generation, our God is the same God. When we put out the theme of this year being reset, we did not mean that God was to reset. We did not mean God was resetting. We did not mean that He was changing. We did not mean anything different. The only thing that is to change is to be us, our patterns, our emblems, our ways of being, our ways of thinking has to readjust, recenter back on where it needed to be in the first place. When this church started in the first place, it started with a reset mindset inside of those people that came to start this place. It it came with periods of fasting. It came with periods of prayer. It came with figuring out a vision. It came with figuring out what was going to be. It came with figuring out what the system default was to be. With each and every generation that comes along, there is a new pattern that must be established. A new way of thinking that must come to be. A new thing has to happen. And that is true for every generation that's true for every church congregation that's true for every group of people that has ever been and that ever will be it's true our God is the same yesterday today and forever and also it said there is nothing new under the sun We are made in God's image. Just as God is always the same, you are going to find the same types of people everywhere. So, if you would, let's all stand together. And I am going to be turning to the book of Deuteronomy, reading something familiar The verse I read may not sound familiar. I'm only going to read one verse of Scripture because I've got a lot I'm going to read. I will allow you to be seated once I am done reading what I read. Uh, Deuteronomy 6, verse number 1. Now, these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you, that ye might do them in the land whether ye go to possess it. If you all would, let's all bow our heads and let's pray. Jesus, I love you. I thank you for all that you've done. I thank you for all that you have yet to do. I thank you 
for this word that you have given to me to speak today. And I pray that you would help me to speak it in the way that you want me to speak it. I pray that you would help me to teach it the way that you want me to teach it. To, to carry forward your word just as you gave it to me, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Deuteronomy. The word Deuteronomy translates roughly to the second law. If you read the book of Deuteronomy after having read the books that come before it, it's going to sound like a repeat. This chapter that you're hearing here when he said, these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you that ye might do them in the land whether you go to possess it. It wasn't the first time that Moses ever said these words. It was the second time Moses had ever said these words. He was telling it slightly different, but you, you, you kind of notice here that a whole lot of what's being said has been said before. If you remember your Ten Commandments, the first commandment is what? Does anyone know what the first of the Ten Commandments are? That's not the first one. Yeah, that, that, you're getting into gist there. You're coming around there. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. If you read Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse number 4, you hear, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. It's been said before. But he decided it's time to say it again. You've heard this before, O Israel, but hear me one more time. Why is God telling them again? There's a very simple reason why. It's it's very simple reason why. It's because less than 40 years in, everyone says Moses wandered around in the desert for 40 years, but people forget why Moses wandered around in the desert for 40 years. It's because he pretty much went straight to the walls of Jericho, right to the Jordan River. Moses sent spies in, 12 spies into the land to spy it out, to figure out what they would have to fight. And when he sent spies in to search it out, they came back with a big bundle of grapes over their shoulders, massive bunch of grapes ready to show, said, look at this land. It is indeed just as God said it was. It's everything that God said it was. But, where the big land comes big enemies. I heard some people chatting about it downstairs. There's a great responsibility and with it must come great power. Mm. There's a great big thing in there, but with the great big land, with great big wealth comes great big giants. The, the people that dwell in there are giants and in their eyes we look like grasshoppers and so 
we must be grasshoppers because we look like grasshoppers to them. There's no way we can possibly win. And that made God mad. God got mad. God said, we have to, he said, oh, okay, look. Um, they, they, they had told God, they said, look, we, 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 there's no way we can beat them. And if we go try this, our children will become their prey. God said, as you have said, so shall it be. You will indeed not get the land, and your children shall indeed be prey. You won't get the land because you won't get to go to the land. And your children will be prey because your children get the land. He sent them in. He, he told them, you won't get the land. Everyone 18 and older is going to die before you get to go in. Everyone in 18 old, everyone currently 18 and older, all all the 17 and under bunch, they're the ones who get to get the land. Because all the people over 18 was the ones who messed up. <laughs> so they go in. 40 years pass, and I can just imagine how it must have felt for that last 18-year-old, the guy whose that birthday had been that day. Everyone was staring at him. Okay, when you die, we're going to take this land and we get to get out of the desert. And when he finally died, they just said, it's time, it's time. Did they just say, it's time? All my VeggieTales fans say amen. <laughs> but before we get there, Moses goes through the book of Deuteronomy. Before we get there, Moses goes through the book of Deuteronomy. And the reason why was because all those people who were under 18 when it happened probably didn't remember it too well 40 years later. It's been 40 years, guys. You're not the first generation. You're not the ones I taught this to in the first place. So I've got to teach you a bunch of young bucks how this goes. It was time for the congregation to reset. I'm going to talk today a little bit about the reset congregation. That's what I'm talking about today, the reset congregation. So we've got the book of Deuteronomy here, and Moses is going over everything with him. He said, here are the commandments, the statutes, the judgments the Lord commanded to teach you that you might do them in the land, whether you go to possess it. You, might, you need to fear the Lord your God. You need to have a respect for God. You need to realize that God is God and you are not. You need to fear the Lord your God. You need to keep all his rules, all his commandments. I've commanded you and your children and your children's children all the days of your life because if you'll do it, you'll get to live a long and healthy life unlike all those people who had to die beforehand. You can live a long and healthy life that can be prolonged. Hear, therefore, O Israel, observe to do it, that it may be well with you, that you may increase mightily as the Lord God of thy fathers has promised thee in the land that flows with milk and honey. Why does this matter? 
Why does this matter? You're like, okay, several thousand years ago, God told a bunch of people whose parents had all died off and been unable to accept the promise. Here's why this matters. I am talking to a bunch of people. None of you look like first-round draft picks of Harvest House to me. You look like people that were reached by people to me. I, I don't see any of the OGs in the house today. None of the OGs are in the house today. All of our year ones are gone. I'm looking at a reset congregation. I am looking at a congregation who at the beginning of the year, pastor told us it was time to reset, to do it again. We're going to do it all over again. So what you need to know is the rules that were handed out to the first bunch are the rules that need to be handed out to the second bunch. And what needs to be said, the first thing, the first priority is first generation heard it like you will have if no other gods before me. The second generation hears, hear O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Harvest tells the God that we worship is still only one God. There is no other priority. And in fact, that Lord, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words, okay, love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all of your might. It has not changed. The orders have not changed. The mission has not changed. The priorities are still the same. The same thing that was said on day one remains true on day 500, on day 600, on day 700. The same priorities remain the same. No matter what, whether it's year one or year 16, the priorities remain the same. This same church needs to hear the same thing. The same gospel, still the same. It's time. You, you may have drifted. We may have got off course. We may have got off track. It's time to recenter right back where we began. This congregation, it's time to reset. It's some different people. It's not the same bunch we started with but it's still the same message on a different day it still has remained the same love the lord thy god with all thy heart with all thy soul with all thy might make no graven images Make no graven images. Keep the Sabbath holy. The same things are still true, but we're just going to re reiterate them in different ways. We're going to tell it a little differently because sometimes you don't listen quite the same. You don't listen in the same ways that the first generation did. You don't listen the same way that the first congregation listened. So let me put it a little clearer, a little different, a little reframing of the, of the, of the message. You will love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. The message is still the same. All your heart, all your soul, all your might. Don't make any idols. Don't make any graven images. You will love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. You're not dedicating some of it. You're not going to go and dedicate some of your heart, some of your soul, and some of your might to worship your daily coffee. You're not going to dedicate some of your heart, some of your whole, some of your might, some of your soul, and some of your might to a wallet. You're not dedicating some of your heart, some of your soul, and some of your might to a job. You're not dedicating some of your heart, some of your soul, and some of your might into a social media account, to a career, to a following, to a boyfriend, to a girlfriend, to something else like that. 
It's not going and worshiping your TV shows. It's not going and worshiping some of your movies. It's not going and worshiping some of your entertainment. Because all your heart, all your soul, all your mind needs to go into prayer. It needs to go into fasting. It needs to go into studying the word and knowing the word of God. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. These words which I command thee this day shall be in your heart. These words need to stay in your heart. You need to get it. You know, we used to do this thing. I don't see it being done quite so often for some of these people. You know, you know what we used to do? We used to make sure that people knew a Bible verse before they left Sunday school class. We used to make sure that, that we used to have these things called Bible quizzers, and they would try to learn hundreds of verses a year. There's a reason that for me, certain books of Psalms still come pretty easily. Cer certain things from the book of Psalms still come to me pretty easily from time to time because I spent a year of my life getting certain Psalms inside of my head for this thing called Bible quizzing. That's the reason today in class I wanted to make sure you could tell me before we left. What is the gospel? What is the gospel? Who? What did he do? Good job. You can still say it. This is the gospel that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Don't worry. The rest of that's coming next week. There's more to that story, but these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. In Texas, you shall teach them diligently to your children. And you shall talk of them. When you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. You see, there's a thing. I know your kids may not be in the room with you today unless you're Texas. I think Texas and Sister Velma is the only ones who's got some of their own offspring in the building with them today. Sister Lisa as well. Sister Lisa as well. Not all of us have our offspring in the house with us today. Not all of us have them. <laughs> but the... It is all of your duty to make sure that the next generation knows what this generation knows. Whether or not it is your own flesh, your own flesh and blood, it is your, it is your duty to make sure that this is carried on and that the message goes this way. You talk of them when you walk by the way. When you're walking down the street, you share the words of God. When you sit in your house, you share the words of God. When you lay down to bed, you share the words of God. When you wake up, you share the words of God. When you log on to Facebook, you share the words of God. When you log off, you're sharing the words of God. When you're reading, you share the words of God. When you're listening to music, you are sharing the words of God. When you're working, you share the word of God. When you're in school, classrooms, hallways, share the words of God. Because this needs to be shared. Yeah. 
The message remains the same just as it was to the first generation. So it carries on to the next generation. It must be continued because if you don't follow that, the word doesn't get shared forward. Bind them for a sign upon your hand. They shall be as frontlets between your eyes. Literally, they would tie boxes to their hands and their heads. They would wear little boxes on their heads, and inside of them would contain the words, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with, the, with all thy mind. They would, they would have little boxes, and they would tie them to their heads, and inside that little box they could pull out a little slip of paper, and it would say that, I, I'm not saying to do that, or I would be doing it. But somehow it needs to, it needs to practi practically be written on your forehead. I believe the Bible. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. It needs to basically be written right on top of your face. Hey, guess what? I'm a Christian. I believe Jesus died for my sins. I believe that he was buried, that he rose again. I believe that he came back. I believe that he appeared to the people. I, I believe that this, this is the truth. It, it is written all over my face. It is written all over my Facebook wall. It's written all over my Instagram page. It's, it's on my Snapchat account. If you're following my TikTok, you're going to know it. I don't know. Maybe, maybe if you're, if, may, uh, you, you know, uh, it hit me as I'm reading this just now. You, you shall, you, you shall teach them diligently and talk of them when you walk by the way. I, 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 I've heard, I've heard it reported a few times. What, what are you mumbling about, brother Dave? What, what are you mumbling about while you walk by the way? <laughs> People. Are, I, I talked about Bible quizzing, but when we were Bible quizzing, Brother David took it as a personal challenge. He said, oh, if them kids are going to do it, them, them bad kids are going to do it, I'm going to do it. He gets up and he, one day during service and just proceeds to, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, and just do it as he walks around the church, he just speaks it into the microphone and you shared it around the church you don't always have to be so literal but if you don't be so literal sometimes you may just have a problem if you don't do it on purpose it will not be done in the case of the, of the ancient Israelites they, they tied boxes to their hands and their heads they literally wrote it on their doorpost and they to this day still write it on their doorpost you can touch it on the way through the door and it, it, it is indeed they wrote to bind it for a sign on your hand let it be a frontlets between your eyes write it on the post of your house write it on your gates even if you walk into a modern day apartment building in New York City of a Jewish person you may very well see these very words written on the doorposts Hung on the doorpost are the words, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. It is still the truth. It was the truth in the days of Moses, and it is the truth today. It was the truth in 2006, and it is the truth today. And so often, we stop there.
So often I've gone through this chapter and I've stopped on that verse where it gets to write them on the post of your house and on your gates. But that is not where Moses stopped. He didn't even stop in chapter 6. We get to the end of the book and then Moses is done talking. But let me continue. I'm not going to go to the end of this book. <laughs> we could be here a while, especially at the rate I'm going. <laughs> it shall be when the Lord thy God brings thee into the land which he swore unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give them great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things which thou fillest not, and <laughs> wells digged and vineyards and olive trees which you didn't plant and when you'll have eaten and be full guys there's a promise I promised you a city I didn't promise you a city I promised you a nation I didn't promise you one spot I promised you an entire area God said when you go in I've got stuff ready for you you've never seen or even dreamed of before so let me put the vision to you the way that it was first put to us. It is, we are supposed to be reaching this whole world. We're supposed to be reaching an entire area. It's not one city. It is cities. It is not one county. It is counties. It is not this state alone, but it is, all, it, it is supposed to go beyond this state, but it starts here. It starts here. There will be churches. You, there will be families that you couldn't imagine reaching, and they're going to have talents you wouldn't imagine them having. They, they might just be rich. They might just have something of influence. They might be more than you picture and it's going to be you are going to walk into places already established and ready <laughs> however beware lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God, serve him and shall swear by his name. Ye shall not go after other gods of the people which are round about you. The Lord thy God is a jealous God lest the anger of the Lord be kindled against thee. Lest the Lord anger be kindled against thee and destroy thee from off the face of the earth. <coughs> it was recently reported within our very church that judgment would come if people would not shape up. Jesus, our God is a jealous God, and he will not take being trifled with lightly. I saw recently Pastor shared on Facebook, a Facebook memory, how he said, it's so crazy that we, I can preach every single Sunday. How many people seem to think the word of God does not apply to them? Look, I know we live in days of grace and I know we live in a God of in a different dispensation than Moses lived in but I I I God is still the same God from beginning to the end. And reports of his sovereignty do not change. 
His power does not, has not changed. His priorities have not changed. Our same God who said that Pastor shared recently how he was listening back to Brother Near's messages that he preached right after Brother White came for anniversary services last year. He, he told us, he said, God wants us to be producers, not consumers. Yes, you're going to walk into places that I've already prepared for you and I'm going to make it easy. But don't let the easy lead you to lazy. Don't let easy make you lazy. Don't forget what made it easy for you. Don't forget what it was that led you to revival. What it was that led you to this land of milk and honey. What led you to the promised land. What led you to the promised land was a God, a God with laws, a God with rules, a God who wants to be first priority, top banana in your life. Now we get to what really struck my brain when I hit when I was looking at this chapter. What struck me so strongly when I looked at this chapter was this verse, verse number 16. Ye shall not tempt the Lord your God as ye tempted him in Massa. I know that that's striking your brains real strong. Here, here's what confused me. I'm a, I, my, my first thought was what I feel like your first thought probably is. What's Massa? M-A-S-A-H. Not NASA. <laughs> and I assure you, Jesus, God didn't tell the ancient Israelites about NASA either. <laughs> he said, don't tempt me like you did in Massa. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. But it don't matter because it's still what it is. Masa was a place of tempting or trial. The people listening would have recognized these references as saying that both times of plenty and times of want can be dangerous to our spiritual walk. That still enlightens you strongly, don't it? <laughs> what happened at Masa? It was very early on when Moses first took the Israelites out. It was the first time they whined. And they said, Moses, we don't have water. Did God call us out here just so we could die of thirst? It'd be better if we had stayed in Egypt. <laughs> They whined. Here's the funny thing, though. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Who whined? Not these people. Their parents whined. I don't want you acting like your parents. I don't want you acting like your whiny parents that did nothing but consume what I brought them. I want you to be producers. I don't want you making me mad like they made me mad. But what stuck out to me was it said, don't tempt me like you tempted me. Excuse me, Mr. God, sir. Um... 
That wasn't me. That was my dad. That that was, I, I don't know if you noticed, but I'm a little shorter. My face looks a little different. My hair is kind of the same, but it, uh, that was my dad, um, not me. Don't matter. You see, yes, God doesn't judge you for your parents' sins. However, God wasn't talking to Jonadab over here. He wasn't talking to Shaliah over here. I'm trying to, I don't even know if Shaliah is actually a name that's in the Bible. I don't know. <laughs> but the point is this. God was not talking to them or her or uh, this one over here. No, he wasn't talking to that. He was talking to Israel. And do you know who did mess up back then? Israel. You know who God's talking to today? He's not talking to Chastity or Tammy or Tristan. God is talking to Harvest House. I'm talking to you collective, not you specific. God says, I don't want you doing what they did. But I'm not looking at you as you. I'm looking at you as you, plural. All of you. This church is a collective body of people. And unless we bind together as one people to be dedicated to God, it's going to be a lot harder. It's going to be a lot different. Yes, God may spare a single soul, but what if an entire church dies? God may spare a single soul, but if an entire church refuses to become accepted. Here's the thing. Was God willing to save that previous generation? He did not spare the previous generation. However, he spared some of them. Joshua, Caleb, stood apart. Has it ever hit you that Joshua and Caleb was the only ones, was, going, was the oldest people out of all of them? Joshua and Caleb. Caleb was 40 years old, 40 years old when they spied out the land. And when Joshua goes in and invades the land, guess how old he is now? He's 80. He goes into the land at 80 years old. And he said, now Joshua... When I was, when we first invaded the land, you know, when me and you went in and you were kind of chicken, but I wasn't chicken, and I told Moses that we could take the land. Did you remember that day? Yeah, I remember it, Caleb. What's your point? Well, when we went out there before, Moses said I could have this mountain. Moses said, I could have this mountain because I alone, I alone actually held up and said we could take the land. You, you came along a little bit later, but I said it the first time. So I think we, I want you now to say that, can, can I go get it now? He's 80 years old, people. He's 80 years old, and he still remembers way back when. So yes, God may spare you. 
And in fact, you may end up rising to prominence as one of the best leaders because you stuck to it. But how much better could it have been if Caleb could have taken that mountain at 40 than 80? How much better could it have been? I'm telling you now, God may spare one of you or two of you. But if we don't decide as a church right now, we're going to reset, we're going to follow God with all our heart, soul, and mind, then we don't have to wait another 15 years before we can finally take this city the way that we were meant to take it. He said, don't tempt me like, like they did back then. As I said, I'm looking at a bunch of second stringers right here, not the first stringers. You weren't here the first generation. You were not the first round draft picks in Marion, Kentucky. You were, you were brought here by someone, but the people who brought you are no longer here. God can spare some, but he will not spare all. So if you will not stick around, it may be that we will have to re-preach this 10 years down the road and say, well, where are the second rounds? But I don't believe that's going to be so. I believe that someone in this place will decide, I'm going to go forward no matter what anyone else did. Diligently, diligently keep the commandments of the Lord and his testimonies and his statutes which he commanded thee. Do that which is right and good in the sight of the Lord that it might be well with thee and that thou mayst go in and possess the good land which the Lord swear to your fathers to cast out all thine enemies from before thee as the Lord has spoken. So that when it comes to it and your sons are going to be able to ask you Your sons are going to come to you and they're going to ask you, what are these testimonies and what are all these rules that we're keeping and judgments which God told you about? They're going to say, why are we doing what we're doing? And you can say, well, there was a day when we were slaves. There was a day when we were sinners. There was a day when we weren't saved. And God brought us out with a mighty hand. He showed signs and wonders great and sore on Egypt, on Pharaoh and all the household before our eyes. He brought us out from thence that we might bring us in to give us the land. And God commanded us to do all these things, to fear the Lord for our good always, that he might preserve us alive as it is this day it shall be our righteousness if we observe to do all these commandments before the Lord our God as he has commanded us revival is a promise God has promised this church revival God has promised this church deliverance he's promised it he has said it this church is meant to have revival this church is meant to go forward this church is meant to be different than we have ever been before and yes as I said and I will keep saying there it is possible that it can go forward without you but it's a whole lot better if it goes forward with you if you keep the commandments if you will love the Lord your God with all your soul with all your might with all your strength God wants that for our future and what will happen if we do that he said you can take the land he said you can have the promise you can have the deliverance you don't have to stay where you are 
And what, what do you do if you do that? What happens if you're successful? What happens if you're successful? Well, if you're successful, you can jump forward a few years and want to be one of those guys that heard that speech. And you're going to be old. You're going to, you're going to be the leader that, that people are looking to now. You're going to be the people, ones that people are looking to. You're going to be the one up here delivering the message. The same message, once again. The message cannot change. The message cannot change. The message cannot change. And here it can be reiterated in, in slightly different wording once again. And in Joshua 24 and 14, Joshua is standing up instead of Moses delivering the message. It's Joshua's farewell address as commander-in-chief. He's the last one standing, and he's going to pass the reins on down to his children. And he says, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity. That sounds a lot to me like love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. And in truth, put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood in Egypt and serve you the Lord. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And if it seem evil to you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Don't make any graven images. Keep the Sabbath day holy. All the same stuff. It keeps on being repeated. And that's the way it's got to work. We've got to keep repeating the same message, even though it's a different mouth. And even though it's a different audience, the same message must be preached. The same message must go forward. And if you won't preach the same message, we've got a problem. The, the message has to stay the same. There's only one God. The message has to stay the same. He's the only one we worship. The message has to stay the same. That we are fully dedicated all in and there is no room for error. Whether Moses is preaching it, whether Joshua is preaching it. And Joshua said, choose you this day whom you will serve. And the people answered and said, God forbid that we would forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord is our God. He it is that brought us up and our fathers out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage in which did those signs in our sight. He, he preserved us in, in all in the way where we went and among all the people through whom we passed. And the Lord drove out the, from before us all the people, even the Amorites. And therefore we will serve the Lord for he is our God. The people keep going, and there's a little bit of a back and forth where Joshua questions him and says, are you sure you're going to keep this? Because God, God is a jealous God. God's got priorities. God's holy, and you've got to live holy. Or, or, and if you don't live holy, he, 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 he's, there's going to be problems. 
if you don't keep to this. And, and they said, nay, we will serve the Lord. And Joshua said, you are a witness against yourself. You have chosen the Lord to serve him. And they said, we are witnesses. Now put away the strange gods which are among you and incline your heart to the Lord God of Israel. The Lord is our God. We will serve and his voice will we obey. Sounds good. I love it. Great. Awesome. That sounds great. It sounds wonderful. They they absolutely committed. We will serve the Lord. And then we get to Judges chapter 2, verse number 6. And when Joshua had let the people go, the children of Israel went every man to his inheritance to possess the land. The people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and the days of the elders that outlived Joshua who had seen all the great works of the Lord, all that he did for Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at a hundred and ten years old. They buried him in the border of his inheritance in timnath in the Mount of Ephraim, in the north side of the hill of Gosh. And also all that generation were gathered to their fathers and there arose another generation after them. Joshua's dead. Everyone Joshua's age is dead. No one is left that had ever actually seen the walls of Jericho fall. No one is left that saw the Jordan River stop. No one's left that saw the sun stand still. No one's left <coughs> that saw what happened when Achan stole a Babylon stole a Jericho garment and realized that if you trespass against the Lord you 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 cause defeat. No one's left that saw that happen. Therefore, Joshua the son of Nun is dead. All that generation is dead. And there arose another generation after them which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. And what happens when they don't know the Lord? And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and they served Balaam. They forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt, and followed other gods, and the gods of the people that were round about them, and bowed themselves to them, and provoked the Lord to anger. They forsook the Lord, and served Baal and Ashtoreth, and the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he delivered them into the hand of spoilers that spoiled them, and sold them into the hands of their enemies so they could not any longer stand before their enemies. They lost! 
So what happens? I, I'm just telling you, the message can't change. Here's the point of this whole reset thing that we, we're doing. The message can't change. Because the moment that we forget the message, the moment we quit learning Bible verses, the moment that we start thinking that church isn't a priority, the moment that we think prayer is not important, the moment that we forget about fasting, it's never more than one generation away from failure. We've got to keep going. We've got to keep preaching. We've got to keep teaching. Buddy, this altar is a lot more than a race car track. Don't you forget it. That's what we're doing. I'm not saying you're not allowed to use it as one. I'm just saying that it's a lot more than one. I, I know you don't get a word that I'm saying, but... I know you may not get a word that I'm saying, but you need to not forget what that altar's for. Because you're who I'm preaching about today. I'm preaching about this thing right here. I'm preaching about Corbin. Yeah, I said your name. You are the entire focus of the church right now. I'm sure you're pleased. <laughs> we can't forget this because if we forget this, he, he won't even have to forget it. We can't forget. We got one God. We worship him with all our heart, all our soul, and all our might. We keep the Sabbath holy. We don't worship other gods. It's all entirely important. And we can't forget it. Let me get some music. Because the moment we forget it is the moment that we lose. It's the moment that we lose the battle. It's the moment that we get delivered into the hands of enemies. It's the moment that judgment gets poured out. We need to know the word. We need to know prayer. We need to know God. We need to know how to worship. We need to know how to praise. There are consequences. This church can fail. This church can fail. Yes, he may preserve one or two of you, but what if the what but the entire church itself, the entire mission itself, he may find a way to save you. You may find a way to keep on teaching and preaching the truth. When we got to this city, we found someone that had stayed preserved even in the absence of an apostolic church. When that apostolic church, when that apostolic revival stopped, Sister Huff kept right, right on going. But there was no church for her to be in and she was never able to walk through the doors of this building. She somehow found a way to maintain even when she was all alone inside of a nursing home. Because someone had neglected to keep the church going. It can happen again, but we can't let it happen again. 
our mission has not changed we need to know there is one god we need to know if someone would please please come and pray dedicate inside your heart choose you this day whom you will serve who will you serve will you go on and believe some other doctrine will you go on and refuse to pray will you go on or will you choose it's time that we would reset realign put our focus back on the true doctrine of oneness of god of the true doctrine of the plan of salvation that you must receive the gift of the holy ghost that you can receive the gift of the holy ghost that you must repent that you must be baptized in the name of jesus that you must be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost that this promise is for you. It's for your children. It's for all that are far off. It's for as many as the Lord our God shall. Oh. <laughs> We can't forget God. Do not forget these words. church dies. Take my song 